Pop Culture Playbook, back at you with another episode. I'm here with my guy, Spencer Osterman, here to talk about the in-season tournament, a whole bunch of NBA news, give our thoughts and opinions. Um, first time we've actually linked up in a long time, and I'm glad that uh, we got this opportunity to record because I've been viewing your stuff on Twitter for a while, and you have really good takes, and you kind of call out the BS when you see it. Um, just, some, just some stuff that I like seeing from people that I've known for a while that have watched the NBA regularly like I do on random Tuesday and Wednesday nights, just stuff like that. And so um, coming on this show, I just really love to talk about sports mostly. That's kind of my thing. And Spencer? Um, yeah, no, appreciate you having me, man. I would say when I saw your message on Twitter, I yeah. pretty much figured it was about this. Happy to do it, dude. I, you know, I go out there and throw that stuff into the Twitter feed just, yeah. to, just to talk at somebody. So happy to, happy to get on and do it. So Yeah, man. So let's get right into it. Um, so the in-season tournament uh, – Interesting idea when it was first announced. I don't really think anybody kind of got behind it initially. Some of the players even kind of questioned what it would be for or what's the reasoning or uh, is the NBA just trying to get as much money out of these, you know, TV deals as Getting they can. Getting a lot of that, that soccer. The, yeah. Oh, they're just the, the match and soccer BS, mm-hmm. too. And quite honestly, I think it's time for the NBA to ramp up, you know, pre-Christmas games. And honestly, it showed with ESPN saying that it was the most watched uh, non-Christmas Day game in five years and it peaked at 5.6 million viewers. And I think that's what the NBA needs, especially when the NFL is really heating up around this time. Uh, playoffs are coming. You know, the NFL is as tight as it can be this year. And the NBA just, it needs a spark. And um, what I loved about this was that not only was there a prize for the players, um, but it just gave the fans and it gave the players really something to just play for in the middle of the season. Yeah, dude, I think, too, especially for more, like, if you talk to any of your casual, more casual fans, like, any any sport, any of the sports, it's always, well, there's so many games, so why do I care about the beginning of the season? So this right. definitely, and for the players, too, the biggest thing, I feel like, too, is the player, you can tell the players cared, and right. it, that that is, it's pretty obvious to the fans when that when it's going on and when it's not. Right. So, like, those games, especially the, the final four games were all playoff atmosphere, right. so I thought that was huge, and then, honestly, too, kind of just cool little snapshot of, like, where everybody's at playoff-wise now, and what... Right what changes might need to be made, everything like that. So a good little, honestly, a good little pressure test cooker for it. Well, I think it's interesting when you bring up that point about playoff atmosphere because not only, I mean, they change the core colors and, you know, obviously you can either love or hate it, but it gives you a glimpse of kind of playoff rotations and how coaches really view their players, like you said, right now, games yeah. into yep. the season. And it gives the players, you know, kind of a, a reality check, as you could say. 20 games in, and you kind of get that on national TV. Well, and, uh, some people, I think it was, I think Bill Sims or somebody was talking about they're saying it is kind of funny because you get that playoff rotation 20 games in, and now there's like some dudes that are like, oh, yeah, I'm in or this, I'm out or I'm, oh, I'm only that. getting eight minutes tonight or if Correct. I miss my first two threes, I'm, yeah. I'm on the bench until the fourth quarter right. or whatever it is. Like, I thought that was huge. And honestly, too, I like that you mentioned the courts because they took a lot of flack for the courts, and honestly, I thought I didn't like the look of a lot of them, mm-hmm. but I think it actually did a really good job of Publicity-wise, even if like it's an ug- like ugly publicity, people knew that that was you knew that it was, was an in-season tournament yeah, game, it was so it did its job in that effect. Because there were people that yeah. did, you know, you flip on a you know, you're a casual person, you flip right. on a game, you don't know what's going on, but the court looks really weird, and you right. know that, then you're gonna figure out, oh, it's in- like that. I thought it worked in that sense. I did. I thought the designs they could definitely rein in, but True. it might have been better to be a little crazier than not. My only flack, I would say, besides the courts, is when they actually got to Vegas. I didn't necessarily like how they had the stands kind of just darkened out and it was really all the lights were just on the floor. It kind of just gave me a weird, 
just a weird vibe that the crowd and really wasn't into it, and it's a Vegas crowd, and so they're probably not going to be into it as much anyway. The and first then, game was early, too. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was an odd, like... Right, and, you know, tickets are what they are there, and, you know, Vegas is an attraction itself, but yeah, I just I, think it was pretty odd that the court was... It was the only thing that was lit. It kind of gave me a sense of, like... Yeah, well, that was like, there was a clip of Buddy Heald on the court. He's like, oh, he's like, shooters. He's like, yeah, dude, your backdrop is everywhere. It's, yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. It was, it was dark one... That first game, dude, you know that, like, mm-hmm. it's, and it's Pacers Bucks, so it's a further try. Like, yeah. Lakers, you knew there were going to be a lot. It was going to be a Lakers home game because there's yeah. so many. It's so close for them. It's so easy. But right. in that game being that early, it was, it was odd for the first yeah. half, but it, at least the game was good. So that, that helped a lot. But. Well, good segue into um, Pacers versus Bucks, actually, because that was the, pretty much the highlight game of the whole in season tournament, regardless of who won. Uh, it really just set the tone for basically what this tournament is going to be in the future. I like how Tyrese Halliburton was playing. He played like, you know, he's going to be you know, fighting for that all-NBA Byron spot this sponsorship year. sponsorship money, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's just the in-season tournament, you never knew what it was going to be, and then you have a game like that, and it's like, oh, okay, like, they set the tone. This is how hard we're going to play. And I think every game after that kind of just fed off that energy. And kind of just to get in the game a little bit, Tyrese Halliburton, he really wasn't expected to do much in Indiana with the quote-unquote help that he has, but I think he's kind of given a bright spot to not only Indianapolis, but just this whole organization, and that they can be relevant again. And he's Indiana kinda, fans are, you know... Well, they're, you're a great fan, yeah. Yeah. That, that week, because I don't know if you've... I've been up there for like a couple games in Indy. Their, their fans are good. They're the first NBA game I've ever been to was actually was uh, Knicks and Pacers. Or... Yeah, Nixon Pacers in Indianapolis. I was a little kid. Like David Lee was still on the mm, Knicks. Yeah, that, they're like, older yeah. too. Yeah, uh-huh. they they go crazy. Like when yeah. I was there a few years, they had like a, a section of fan, like adults like standing. Like I like I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think they do that anymore. But uh, they won't do the other thing too. Like with Halliburton, I feel like he's kind of I don't, you got to do it in the playoffs. And like I agree with all that and all, mm-hmm. but he's kind of becoming a sort of a one of those system, one man system yeah. offense guys. When you look at that team. Mm-hmm. There really isn't like Miles Turner, nice, nice complimentary player. Buddy mm-hmm. Heald, nice complimentary player. Like Nemhard, a lot of those young guys. The young guys are good, but they're all complimentary players. And then it's right. him. And he, I mean, they're they, that run. I don't think they're as good as that run was, but they're they're. A, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have to play them in the first round. Yeah, no, that's that's. He's I like kind of getting to that. Like, is he, he's a top five pick and roll operator I mean, at this point. I mean, he has to be. It's expecting. Just, I mean, he's averaging around almost thirteen assists at this point. Having 14, all these games with no fucking turnovers. No turnovers, 15 <laughs> assists, zero turnovers. And he's kind of putting up these, these performances, and it's kind of becoming expected to him to have, you know, zero to one turnovers a game, but to then still dish out 12, 13 assists while still putting up, you know, three-pointers at a 45% clip. I was like, I didn't pull it for, I didn't pull it for the game, yeah. but I, when I was watching, I just had, in the first, at the end of the first half, they were 17 to nine up on assists and three to yeah. seven up on turnovers. It's like, that's basically all Halliburton. Right. Like, for the Pacers. Right. And that, I mean, that is... Mm-hmm. Doubling up somebody's assist and turnover—it's <laughs> tough to do with. Yeah, and they play at the highest pace in the league, and I think that's the you know the area that Tyrese Halliburton is gonna he's gonna excel in the most. And he's got the complimentary, complimentary pieces to do it. Buddy Hield is shooting efficiently. He just he they plays can. the game at his pace, and he makes the game go how he wants to go. And I think, like you said in the playoffs, he's gonna go toe to toe with anybody yeah, in the series. And that's the thing too, dude, about any of those teams, like having a guy that you and the guy, not that you're like. 100% confident, but everybody mm-hmm. on your team is also like, dude, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like when Brady comes to the Bucks and you're like, yeah, we've got 
everybody in the locker room knows they've got a guy. If they honestly, I had if they could just add like a Jeremy Grant level wing or somebody yeah. like that to help him out, they they could be pretty form like because as if they are now, I think you get into a playoff series after like two games, they're gonna get figured out. And you're gonna have, they're gonna you're gonna have problems. But if you could right. get him some help, they'd yeah. have a shot. I think Miles Turner is is playing at he's playing at a, at a level that we expect him to be at, but. Like you said, they're probably a wing away from really taking and that next step. You're not throwing him the ball. No, like, and you're really not. not he wants to play on the perimeter, and I think big guys like that, and especially in the postseason, you're, play, you're going to be going against guys like Joel Embiid. It's just not. You know, and that's the other thing I had to, like, Neesmith actually, like, looks really nice, but mm-hmm. it's like, dude, when he, when you're flipping, Giannis is running in the middle of the lane, putting his foot between his, his turn around and spinning and stealing him. It's like, right. we got to have, there got to be something. You can't just make Neesmith yeah. take that on an island. So, on the other side of the Pacers, we have the Bucks, and obviously the Dame trade in the offseason, you know, added a whole different height to their ceiling. Giannis and Dame being a combo, and Chris Middleton being able to feed off that. And while it looks great on paper, and it did for a while, as these games have started to, you know, play out, obviously the Bucks' defense is not where it should be, especially with a guy like Giannis on the floor, and somebody that we have considered a good defender for a long time is Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton's out on the court. And obviously it's a new team, pretty much new coach. Uh, That coaching decision is tough. It's going to, it's going to have to, it's going to have to gel at some point, whether that's Giannis taking over as the guy who's just going to go and try to get 35 every night. Or if that's Dame trying to kind of what Giannis was doing against the Pacers. It was kind of working whenever he did it too. Dude, that, I think the main thing with them is that, Big lesson of uh, allegedly the whole coaching. It was like a Giannis pick on the mm. coaching hire. Maybe don't listen mm. to your star players when they want to hire the coach because you now have a rookie coach coaching a team that's like supposed to be a clear cut contender. Right. And some of the like that zone they were running against the Pacers, forcing Halliburton into the middle of the floor. It's like let's send the best playmaker yeah, on the team to the exactly. middle of the floor, like with no hands up. And, and he's just free room to make. And the guy might wants. end up being a good coach, but it's like being a rookie coach, you got to figure out a lot of stuff and not the team to be figuring. Figure like well, I, dude, I bet that guy's on bar. Well, time. like you said, a good reality check for a lot of these players twenty games in. A good reality check for a lot of these coaches as well. I think I'm not saying you know you go to the in season tournament and you get blown out or you lose and you have to scrap your whole offense. But I think it's a good tune up check for, for sure. a bunch of coaches and what they need to do better because I'm sure you come out of that and you know obviously guys are a little bit more pissed off that you know they're a game away from an extra five hundred thousand. It's just. It's all, it's all more intense, and you just you have to love it from a basketball standpoint, but I think a lot of coaches would definitely come out of that. Definitely yeah, needing like to, to tweak a little things and definitely start <laughs> with the Bucks. Well, and like, I, like, I know they're missing Connaughton, but like, you look at their mm-hmm. bench, it's basically Portis Payne and mm-hmm. Beauchamp. Yeah. Beauchamp actually might end up being pretty good, but he's pretty unproven. Mm-hmm. Payne, he, he's pretty trick-or-treat. Like, he's, like, pretty trick-or-treat. When he's good, he's pretty good, but I, like, he's gonna give you if you're relying on him weeks. and Portis, yeah. I mean, Portis is actually pretty solid for them, but if that's your three coming off the bench, yeah. Middleton, Giannis, and Dame have to be, like, on the money. Middleton actually yeah. looked pretty good this game, but he's still, like, 70 80% of what he was. He's still, and I think he's still coming back, and, like, there's a pretty good chance to get back, but if you're leaning on him that, you're leaning on him hard. So, True. and you're leaning on a coach that doesn't necessarily have his feet under him either. That's tough. I will say one bright spot Bucks this year has been um, Brook Lopez. I think not only has his three-point shooting been improving every year he's been in the league, but his rim protection has been some of the best in the league, actually. Doesn't look old yet. At all. And he had five, I think he had five or six blocks against 
the Pacers in that game. And he had a game this year where he had 39 points. And he's he just can, always been a steady rock for him. He can, and he can go, I mean, not a ton, especially now anymore, but people forget he used to be like an on the block post up guy. Like right. He can go, yeah. if you get, that's the other thing with him. He can, yeah. he can stretch it, he can defend the rim, and then he can actually punish the switch. Like if right. you switch him and he, he's down there, he will score he will down. Bang there. On, yeah, yeah exactly. like that's not a problem. So let's transition into this Lakers and Pelicans game, which kind of caught everybody's eye for good and bad reasons. Um, besides Zion, obviously looking out of shape and, you know, getting. Yeah, just everybody that was there in person. Fair blame of, yeah, <laughs> of just everybody just kind of hounded on him. And I, I kind of feel bad for him sometimes. Tough, yeah. But at the same time, people are expecting a certain level of performance out of you. And yes, we can replay these clips of Zion at Duke 360s off one dribble and blocking shots of jumping one foot out of the paint. But the truth is, is if that's not going to be him anymore, it doesn't necessarily have to always be a knock on him because yes, he's going to be a bigger, more paint present player, but still averaging, you know, he just had 32 the other night. Like, dude, he, oh, he's still good. One, well, yeah. even you watch, like he, I, dude, he's got to weigh what, close to 200, like 280, 300 pounds or whatever that people he's are saying, be, like whatever people are saying. He's definitely over 275. Like he's carrying way too he, much for his frame. And he yeah. still has these plays where you're like, damn, you these can move all that. It's like, just yeah. drop. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I get it though. Dude, you're 20, like what he's 23, 24. 20, like, do think, whatever you want. Yeah. He, like, I get it. But then at the same time you watch his highlights. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good God-given ability too, dude. So unfortunately, yeah. the 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 responsibility there. But I mean, it's it's an interesting case. Like, so people are saying too, like, do they just try to trade him now, or do you feel like he might get burned if he goes somewhere? Like, say they trade him to the Knicks, burned. he if goes, you trade him with the Knicks, and he becomes you trade God. Him to like, a difference. I mean, just as an athlete in general, a change of scenery can do for wonders. anybody. Whatever too, your, yeah. just your mindset is, it doesn't have to be. New York, he could be wherever. I think he might force his way over somewhere that he actually wants to be, but I just think that it's on him to get in the shape that he needs to get in, but as far as the Pelicans go, their problems run deeper than just Zion's health and whether he's in shape or not. Their usage of Brandon Ingram is surprisingly low. I don't know if Brandon Ingram and Zion are the duo that they want them to be, especially with a guy like CJ McCollum in there. Now, I know he's been hurt he hasn't been the most durable guy this year, but they just don't really use him the right Dude, way. I, I totally agree. Like the whole BI thing, he, they, it seems like they need to have a conversation and just sit every down and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, everyone knows BI is the best player. Right. And that we need yeah. to run the offense. Like that seems like that needs to happen. And then they need to look at him and be like, you know that too. Right. Cause we need you. Like he should be more assertive and there should be some guys on their team deferring a little bit. Like true. He, yeah. Cause he can, when he has some of those good games, dude, you, and it's like same thing with the Team USA thing. He kind of went there and kind of got eaten up by all, like right. everything else around. And I like I don't think that was necessarily his style of play, but it's like, dude, you got to assert yourself. Some of those nights he has forty, and it looks like easy. He's, yeah, he's going like, thirteen for seventeen. He's you know he's getting to his spot, and it's like yeah. a lot of like KD in that sense where he's getting to his spot, and it's like he's just putting so, it up, and you aren't. Doesn't matter what you do. So. I don't really want to get too much on the Lakers because they did win it and we're not there yet. But even in that game, I think you can kind of just tell when LeBron and AD are locked in as a duo that it's not that, too many. It's not too many duos that are still better than that at full strength because AD playing the five is the Lakers' best. Is their best option, and regardless if he wants to play it or not, I think he has somewhat embraced it a little bit more because his shooting has taken a dip. But big dip, yeah, and. Austin Reeves has become much more of a playmaker, and I think it's 
obviously. Yeah, and I get him, like, especially in the regular season, one to, like, shield himself, but I think they all know. It's like, hey, man, get to the, like, the, like in the in-season tournament, it's like, we're trying to win. We need, you need to be at the five. Because yeah. LeBron really needs to be at the four now, too, to be right. like, more often than yeah. I Honestly, his, his effort in defense was really – I mean, I'm a big mm-hmm. LeBron guy, so yes, call me a homer, but, like, right. his effort was really – like, he looked – really good in yeah. those games. It's not mm-hmm. like that during the regular season. It, can't, it probably shouldn't be. Exactly. There's, there's sometimes yeah. when he's loafing pretty bad. But, like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is how it's got to be. So we need him at the four. Because you don't want him guarding threes all season. It just, right. It's not. It, he's 38 years old. Right. So, last year he had the foot injury, and regardless if that slowed him down or not, you really couldn't tell until, you know, they got swept by the Nuggets. But if he's 100% healthy and AD is – Hard, hard to take. Much. I mean, them and Jokic, yeah. you take your pick. Like, I mean, throw them in a hat, take a pick. Like you said, and we'll get to this later also, but the, just the size of the Lakers in general, um, the resurgence of Cam Reddish has been really nice to see. Um, Dude, he, he was one of those guys when he came, like, you're, mm-hmm. they do all those videos, like, all the AU stuff. And there's one, and it's like, all, it's like, I can't remember who all the guys are in fifth grade, but they're all like juniors and seniors in high school. And like, who's the hardest mm-hmm. guy to guard? Every single one of them. Oh, Cam, Cam Reddish, Reddish, Cam yeah. Reddish, Cam Reddish. Like, mm-hmm. in his shot, dude, I never understood. He has the he had the best looking shot that never went in. Like it looks perfect, yeah, but never went in. Now he's like, I don't know. I think a big part of that is just getting on the Lakers, and they're like, hey, they were pretty invested on turning him around. They kind of yeah. need another. Well, I think what the Lakers young... are good at doing, which is kind of an underrated thing, which is for their coaching staff, and I don't know if it's a LeBron thing or not, but he's really good at finding guys that can actually be really good three and D players. And Cam Reddish. Except yeah, the LeBron the role, guys. Yeah. yeah, except in the role of, okay, I'm going to stay in the corner, and I'm going to get this open three He's throwing it to me. He's going to yeah. throw it to me. I just have to stand there and be ready and shoot it. Off the dribble stuff, it's kind of crazy to see a guy that's a five-star that he goes to probably any other school than Duke. He's probably on the ball handling it. 20, 25. And yeah. his NBA career might look a little bit different. Who knows? But I think his game... It just kind of took a dip in his freshman year. Well, the year confidence and thing's got to be. Yeah, like, and I think it taking a backseat to now two different guys on your team in college, like that definitely probably something he wasn't ready for necessarily, and it kind of took that confidence carried through. Well, then you miss, you start off, you have like a yeah. bad month or something at the start of your shooting, and then it like all just starts to like, you know, it just starts to it bleed over. Like, and then you have yeah. one bad game, you miss like four next shit. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, if I miss my first one. Yeah. But now you've got Darvin Ham and all those guys like, dude, you're you're good. You're doing it, yeah. and then you miss two, and LeBron throws it to you again. Like, yeah. if LeBron's telling you to shoot it, you, pretty, have you, to. you better be confident <laughs> and shoot it, dude. Like, you have to. Um, but yeah, six eight, six nine, perfect wing defender. His defense on the ball has been has been amazing. The Lakers need a guy like that. It can't be LeBron guarding the best player. It's got to be one of these young dude, guys getting, that has the energy to do getting it. Getting that much effort yeah. on defense from guys that are that big and athletic alone for the, like you don't even have to be that good at defense if you just try and you're that big and athletic, you're gonna have some success yeah. like right <laughs> exactly um we can talk about zion's effort being poor um we obviously talked about him being out of shape in the beginning of this episode but it's just like i to just to reiterate it's just kind of hard to look at when he's um when he's just on the floor in the national spotlight and that's kind of the performance that you get and then you know four or five days later or a week later whatever it was he gives you 13 for 17, 30 points, and it just looks effortless. And so, you know, it's kind of just a mindset thing with him, I think, at this point. Maturity, obviously, as he grows up. Which is just back, like, that's just, just going to happen whether or not it happens. Yeah, like, whether that happens or not, who knows. Um, 
That was like uh, the other night. Yeah. Like they showed they one of the reporters read him back like one of the clips of Shaq basically just being like he doesn't do this. He's yeah. not doing this. He's not, and all the stuff that Shaq's saying is blatantly obvious and true, and you can pull right. up film on it. And Zion's like. Well, if it comes from a place of love, then thank you. If it doesn't, it's like, dude, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. It's all true. It's all true. So, like, and it's it, also a guy, Shaq, who, you know. And Shaq and Barkley, it's like, Barkley those are two literally guys came that, in fat as shit and had I'm to about to say, out. And I'm like, about to say, those are two guys that had to, that could look back on their careers and both say, damn, I could have had three or four more good years. Dude, Shaq knows. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure Shaq thinks all the time about how much higher he could have gone point-wise. Well, I think. Just like, he was good those last Shaq, few years, and he was out of shape. Like, Shaq back even when he joined up with LeBron in 09, I think obviously he was washed then and people made it a big deal, but he could have still been good by decent then. at least. Well, like uh, the Celtics, yeah. he was actually like that one Celtic, he was actually until he got hurt, he was actually gonna be all right. But it's like, yeah. dude, you're carrying that much extra weight. It's not you're gonna, gonna get hurt. Happen. You're just gonna get hurt, right. especially if you're trying to be that explosive. Like Right. So um kind of wrap up the in season tournament. Actually not in season tournament in general because we have this Pelican, yeah. Yeah. I wrote that early. Um, yeah, Pelicans, Lakers, the only other thing I would say, dude, it was just a clear, like, veteran team that's been there and showed up knowing exactly what they needed to do. And then the Pelicans, who probably, like, maybe definitely had a good time in Vegas the night before and were, like, showing mm-hmm. up. Like, that that was pretty apparent after the – like, it's probably apparent in warm-ups. But, like, after the first quarter, I was I pretty much stopped taking notes because I was like, yeah, this is this is decided. And – if LeBron comes out that motivated and you can tell the Pelicans aren't locked in, there's no, there's no chance. No like, chance. Yeah, no chance. I mean, you know, everybody's going to call once, once. Yeah, that's, that's the thing for them. The Lakers is like, those two are, mo- Davis and LeBron are motivated. Everybody else, you're playing hard. And there's enough, they have enough guys where, like, they can just funnel. Like, especially now that Rui and Vandy are back, they're going to be able to just, like, oh, okay, it's not his night. We'll just put these. Yeah. So, um, Give me your thoughts on the overall on the championship game itself on Saturday, Lakers versus Pacers. Um, because I thought that game was very interesting, just as simple as, you know, there were a lot of stakes, obviously, with the 500,000 and um, playing for what you can consider, I guess, uh, yeah, that was a, a number on a band. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was as playoff as it's going to get in the beginning of December, you know, before Christmas, but... Um, just give me your overall take uh, on, on that t- title game. My first, my first thing was every time you can, like, I watch enough Lakers games to know, like, you watch the first five minutes and you can tell with AD, it's like, okay, how aggressive is he going to be? Mm-hmm. How active is he tonight? Mm-hmm. Immediately in that game, you're like, oh, if I, like, if I were the Pacers, that's like coach turns to one of the assistants and goes, shit. Yeah. You're like, yeah, dude, he's, he's on. And when he's on, dude, they're, it's, it's impossible. Like, I don't yeah. know what you do. I mean, a- like, AD scoring 40 and 20. You're never, I mean, I don't know if the time he's ever put up 40 and 20 or 30 and 20 on, when he's on the Lakers, I don't think they've ever lost. I mean, I'm sure there's a stat out there somewhere. Yeah, but if he's playing like that, that means LeBron's somewhere in the 20s, and you're just not going to beat and, them if they're scoring 60, 70 points together. And we talked about his shooting. His shooting is the last couple of years. It's after the bubble. His shooting was hot in the bubble, and it's kind of part of the reason why after, they won that. But after right. that, since then, it's especially the three in the mid-range of late, too, is weighing pretty good. But that's why, like, in these games, it's like, he just go when some of the games he's just going to the basket. Yeah, well, man, here's like go to the ba- like. That's go, the thing about like, what Anthony Davis on the Lakers has always been my thing about him is when he gets the ball in the mid post or he gets in the mid range on the wing, he just he'll too take many about settles, dude. yeah too many settles. He'll take about ten seconds to decide what he's gonna do, and by then it's the end of the shot clock. It's a contested fade away, and it's like why are you still settling for these jumpers? And that's you have my missed, thing. Too, you have if mismatch. Gonna, if we're gonna settle for the jumpers, let's jab once or twice and just pull it. 
Yeah, we don't like, need to take 10 let seconds. Let the guy to do cut it. and then right. let's pull it. Let's not do like it's it's a little nauseating with him sometimes, but I also the one thing I'll say is I will get I do get it, especially in the regular season. He's like, yo, I can't be going in there and banging like that for four quarters all the time. Slash right. also I'm the one thing I will say he never gets into people, it's like the amount of activity he has defensively on a night to night basis is like it's pretty hard to do that and be the the one or two scoring option. Like that's a right. pretty he's like he's kind of their defense in a sense. He is. So, he is. They're funneling everything like, to good, Anthony Davis. He's, yeah. he's handling everything. We're the right. decision maker, so it's that's a lot. But it, there are times like, come on, man, you got mm-hmm. you got the mismatch. Please go punch right. that. Right, and I think you know when AD is is playing like that, you can, can you could say that he's top three center in the league. Obviously, Jokic is always going to be number one until yeah, until proven otherwise. Right, exactly. Um, so with. LA winning this game, I necessarily I wouldn't necessarily have put LA as sort of a title contender team to start the season, but maybe they were one or two trades away from really making it a thing. And obviously, there's some trade rumors coming up that we'll get to later. But where do you see the Lakers as as far as a title contender this year versus just I mean the West in general that stat? Yeah, I would say I'm on again. I'm a pretty big LeBron guy, but I would say my stance on them was always if AD and LeBron are healthy, them and the Nuggets would be my two in the West. Like yeah. But, I, I mean, I would say them, Nug- I think the Nuggets get their own tier for me for now because if, yeah. if they come in healthy with Murray and Jokic, mm-hmm. they're in all those, like, they're in their own tier. But I'd say everybody below them, I would I mean, Timberwolves have to be in there the way that I love Ant. I love Ant. Yeah. He, they have to be in there. They've looked awesome. Right. Uh, I'd say the Lakers. And then, I mean, mate, like, I, can you put OKC in there? I don't, like, I don't think so. So I don't think them, I don't right. think they can go in there. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dallas can go in. The, I think I think them and Dallas are in a tier below these teams we're talking about. Yeah, I do think you could put the Kings in with the Lakers. Yeah, in the um, with the Lakers and the Timberwolves. I think yeah. the Kings can go in there because they the after their series with like the only reason they don't beat the Warriors last year is just because they get Steph like Steph. they got Steph. Steph. And yeah. honestly, if Fox's <laughs> finger isn't bum, they right. win that game. They win in six probably. I think. So yeah. I think the Kings are in, especially if they add. If they add, if they like, add, a Siakam yeah. or an OG. Mm-hmm. J- oh, I, that would be a great pickup. I'm a Blazers OG fan. Would I would be love great. to send OG Jeremy Grant to yeah. anyone. Jeremy Grant like, is – He's a solid yeah. player. He's not, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be that interested in him personally yeah. as a contender, but – He's like your dream third. Yeah. yeah. He's like Tobias Harris, but yeah. a little bit worse. Like, I'd say he's yeah. maybe a little bit more of a – plays better as a Do you like Tobias Harris? Do you like Jeremy Grant over Tobias Harris? I so you, I would take Jeremy Grant probably as my third guy before I take Tobias as my third guy I think but same. I would take Tobias as my yeah. one over Jeremy Grant every day of the week. Okay, like if you're like, hey, yeah. you got to run the Bob, you're running the Charlotte Bobcats from back in the day, and you get one. I would take Tobias. Yeah. I think he can go. He can score. He can score. Like he can, he score. can score a lot, but he yeah. And I like I think honestly with him, yeah. some of it, uh, especially when he got moved to four, like he's not a fourth option, so that definitely yeah. messed with his game a little bit. But His growth definitely was a little stunted when he got traded to the 76ers. He, and he could have yeah. uh, mm-hmm. probably focused, just be more defensive-focused, but I don't yeah. think he's happy with that, which honestly, when you can score the ball the way he can, right. I kind of yeah, get it. it so. Exactly. So you mentioned the Timberwolves. They sit at the top of the Western Conference standings. Um, they've been just, I think, the opposite of everybody would have guessed after Rudy Gobert came He looks last way year. better, too. And, yeah, he's... He looks completely different. I mean... Talk about a guy who's kind of just slowly but surely just kind of you and know, easy to rag on. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know, yeah, the jokes can come with Rudy Gobert all, all day, but Anthony Edwards has been. I mean, if they stay atop of the standings, 
the whole season, he's going to have to be an MVP conversation. Dude, I've, I've loved him since he was a Georgia. Like, yeah. Since he was at Georgia. He's, I mean, mm-hmm. the way he played, he's like one of those guys you never have to worry about is the intensity that, like, it's, it's there mm-hmm. all the time. And the, like, the only yeah. thing is, like, he dials it up on defense at times. His defense is never bad. But when he, like, right. dials it in, dials it in, he's pretty, he's pretty formidable. Yeah. Right? And he's, I mean, he's been, he's the best athlete on the floor probably 10 times out of 10 every single game that he's in for the next probably 10 years. And yeah. You get a guy like that who is also a joy to be around and a joy to play with. You get to move players around in your team a little, around a little bit better, a little more. Like I'm trying to say is like... It's easier to get people to accept their role when you To like, buy hey, in, look, basically. Man, yeah, that's look, basically what I'm saying. Like, yeah. We got this guy. This is our guy, and there's not anybody that's going like, to come in here at all that's going to take him out like of his number one You play one-on-one with him a hundred mm-hmm. times after practice. He's beaten you a hundred and one yeah. times. So he's mm-hmm. the guy, and you will spot up and guard. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. And he's going to guard, too. And so that means you do That's too. the other thing, too. When yeah. you're guard, like, when you play hard on – and he'll take the assignment. Like, fourth mm-hmm. quarter, he switches himself onto assignments. So like, you, nobody on the team can complain when, when he's no. doing that stuff. Um, another bright spot in the league, uh, Orlando Magic, who – Right now, sit at. What they're up there. I'm about to say they're they're second so, right yeah, now behind the Celtics. Who Boston? So, who I would say is dead. I would think is still the best team in the league to me. Um, night in, night out. I think they're just best they're, roster. They have sure. the most talent, yeah. and they're they're undefeated at home. And I think that means something well, when it comes they, to playoff time. And all their talent yeah. it meshes correct. Like the Porzingis, as long as Porzingis healthy, it's like that ad makes perfect sense. He can defend the rim and shoot. I'm a big uh, Franz Wagner believer. I think that he's a five time All Star mm-hmm. when some guys in the NBA kind of just phase their he's, way. Oh, out. he's good, dude. But he, I mean, as far as, you know, him and pa- Apollo being a one and two, I think that that right there is kind of just up for grabs. Right? Like, either one of them can be the number one. And I don't think either. Well, may, maybe they both think they're the better, like, yeah. you, ideally you do. But I think if you ask them both honestly, they'd both be like, yeah, I mean, some nights he's better. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's it just bore out. It's been yeah. like that the last couple of years. Hey, well, and dude, don't tell, uh, don't tell Bob Myers he like Bronze. Dude. Can you imagine if they had, they had taken him? Well, I think... They, all they had to do was hit one I mean, of those picks heavy, draft, dude. I think that draft alone is the reason why he's on TV talking. Oh, he, the, he's the whole... Uh, the whole... Yeah. I'm, I'm a little... I, I, like... He like Igadala, Livingston, a lot of the, adding a lot of those guys on the. He did a great job. He also got some pretty good luck with the KD cap thing and some of the other like some of the other stuff that happened. Yeah. If they hadn't gotten that last title, he, his his exit would have been a lot less. Oh, who's going to sign Bob Myers and a lot more? Yeah, Bob Myers was going to do TV. Right, exactly. he, the, Those yeah. the picks and then not just getting off. It's like, dude, just if you're going to do this, like. Just stick with the fourth, and it looks like they're going to ride it out, which I think you have to just ride those point, guys. You, to, have to you owe it, it to. It's just how it works. Oh, so it's like you knew that was probably going to happen. Why didn't you just move the picks? Like you had to do. Like they got probably close to the worst return you could get on on those assets. I mean, <laughs> like that draft will go down as one of the probably one of the weirder drafts, obviously, with guys not. That dude, it definitely screwed COVID definitely people up big time. And I think they just fell victim to it. I think James Wiseman was a great prospect on, pace, on paper. Dude, but even, even in college, I never – it's always a red flag when somebody doesn't play that many games in college. But And it's not an injury, like yeah. a specific injury And so thing. you always just wonder, all right, is the, 
is there enough games on tape to where we can actually evaluate his talent? And playing at a school like Memphis, you're not really going to go up against anybody that's more, that's physically more dominant than him, at, especially at that level. And you get him inside a workout and you get him into the worst facility. They have zero guys on their roster that are built like him or that have his skill set or whatever, but. And they desperately need yeah, one. Yeah, and they desperately yeah. need a big because they're riding this Curry and Clay thing out. Clay gets hurt, or he's coming off an injury, and he's going to be out a whole another season. Now you really need a big, and he just gets in the game, and he's just not what you think. And, and he was the consensus pick, like that's yeah, it. he was that's like the thing, right? Yeah, he was supposed to go over, you know, like Lamelo, and didn't know he might go number one if uh, Timberwolves wanted to move off of yeah. from town. We have a good work, like dude, that was like a. Somebody could have had a killer workout, and somebody mm-hmm. could have taken him one. Yeah. They, like, um, another thing, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to the Rockets for not being, you know, just embarrassingly bad this year. Ime, man. Ime has got, I he just whatever. Runs a tight ship, dude. Yeah, whatever he that. has in him, coaching wise, to get people to just buy in and actually play hard, or else like he will really I will, like, embarrass yeah. you. And I and I will, I will. MF you up and down, like, in front no of problem. everybody. No problem like, MFing anybody in front of anybody. He did it to LeBron. Shit, he had to say shit, he not <laughs> afraid to do yeah. it to anybody else. So, I just, the Rockets are, they're competitive. They're beating the Nuggets the other night. They smacked the Lakers around. And the dude in the one, Adam Van Vliet and Brooke, like, everybody yeah. was getting, which also, the whole thing about people talking about, oh, Brooke signing in China, anyone who was act like, that was never serious. Everyone knew he was going to get decent money. He's a good right. player. Yeah. Like, uh, but signing him and Fred Van Fleet too, it's like, hey, here's two uh, grown adults who want to win, and right. they'll keep your, they'll keep shit. them and Udoka yeah. will keep your kids in line. Right. Like right. some of these teams, dude, they have like it's like even signing like Robin Lopez and some of like you got to have like three vets. Like you some of these have teams, vets in the NBA, especially with the time that we're in like, now, with how young these guys are, and everybody is young. I think what is it? The Clippers are the oldest team in the league, and it's an average of like twenty eight point six, like their age overall. Yeah, like, and they're getting pulled up by the outlier, like. Well, it's like the Pacers. I think McConnell's their oldest player. It's like 31. That <laughs> makes sense. And it's, it's so like, like, them, it's fine. And they have Carlisle, so I'm sure he's... I love TJ McConnell. I'm so glad guys dude, like solid. him still have roles in the league and that there's teams that still respect players like that because TJ McConnell could play on any team that he, that, like, he wanted to, honestly. He'd be he's that back, type dude, of player. Anybody, if you're just he's putting together a roster, player. like, hey, TJ McConnell be a backup guard. You're like, okay. He's literally, like, I mean, he runs... He's on, on the ball. He's better than Alex Caruso, but he is that same type of like plug and play player. He's a pest. Six, in every team you need, foot. you need a pest. You need yeah. like you need a grimer, like mm-hmm. trash guy. Like he's perfect for that. Yeah. So shout out to him, just randomly, <laughs> randomly. But um, off the end season tournament, uh, it's something I sent you um, from Twitter. Austin Rivers had a good point about there being without there being a face of the league in the NBA anymore. And it's kind of something that. It's just been on my mind lately, especially obviously when Kobe retired. Um, it was just, you know, a different, it was just, it was just felt different when he stopped playing. And when LeBron does eventually retire, I think the main thing that you'll see is that there's just nobody that's built like him anymore. Just a sense of he cares every single season. He puts everything he has into this NBA stuff. Yes, he has commercials and movies and all that, but obviously, year twenty-one isn't the best anybody that's on the court. And when a player like that leaves the game, he's the last one. Le- I wouldn't say he's the last one left because you still have KD. Hurt. Don't get me wrong, but LeBron is the last iconic player that'll come into the yeah, NBA, okay. and that's more so the thing that 
is even more apparent with Victor Wembanyama coming into the league, and it's like, oh my God, here's this guy we've never seen before, and it's like, he's the sixth, seventh, eighth best storyline in the NBA mm-hmm. right now, maybe, and because he's on a horrible team, and so it, it's just weird how, as the years come and go, that you know, as we get closer to LeBron's you know, end of his career, that it's just more apparent. Well, and it is, it is kind of when I guess. When you look back on it, there always are kind of overlaps. But to go Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, like all together overlapping like that, but like there was like magic. And J- yeah. The soul, I, to have three soul iconic guys like well, that, back, the and they kind of carried it perfectly yeah. to get through their well, the Here's timeline. the thing. Us being 26, 27 years old, we grew up in such a like, golden era of athletes all across sports where we had Tom Brady's, uh, Serena Williams. You could just name whatever sports. Tiger. And yeah, exactly. Like you can just go on and on, Michael Phelps, whatever, whoever you want to name, whatever sport. And the thing that has kind of been weird about the NFL is that NFL fans were so spoiled with such amazing the QB situation Peyton is tough, dude. Even the guys that people thought weren't that good, like the Philip Rivers and Eli Mangs and Ben Roethlisberger, guys that actually won. Besides Philip Rivers, he didn't win at the highest level, but guys that now get way more respect than they did when they were playing because. They were a part of that batch of just amazing quarterbacks that we have. We never Brees, had quarterback yeah. play. Drew Brees, another great one. Like we've never seen quarterback play at that level ever. We probably never will again. And with the NBA, we have so much skill in the league, and every team is so dominant yeah, that see, we actually need two more teams to come into the league and to spread things and the, out. Dude, it'll work, and it'll be fine. Yeah. The talent levels. There's honestly right. probably more dudes that could be in. Right. That's kind of so. That's kind of was my take on this was. Uh, the the more of this era is probably just going to be more defined about the widespread talent and like the hey any given year there's five or six different like there's and honestly it'd be sweet if we can keep mm-hmm. if we could keep guys healthy for one one of these next couple playoff yeah. runs and just say hey look you've got like you got the Suns with the KD you've got the look like all these te- there's so mm-hmm. much there's so much widespread talent I feel like that's more of where we're headed once Story these guys are out but. The other thing I would say too is, Giannis is like he two he's two years removed from having that crazy fight. Like yeah. he was kind of becoming that guy. Fifty points in a he just I feel like his biggest problem is dude. It's just not like he just can't shoot. And like, that's the thing I think is that like it gets to a point where okay you won the title and yes you can get that sense of all right I got the ring like whatever. But you're seeing guys like LeBron and Steph Curry and KD add to their game as they get older and LeBron has, who has never been a great shooter is now now, morphing, dude, yeah. now is considered a good shooter for the past probably five I mean, dude, years that, since uh, he got to LA. The three he the third three in a row he pulled against oh, the Pelicans. Man. He was just pulling that from half for fun. Yeah, like just fun. just to let them Love know he could shot, do it. Just yeah. And it's just it, the only and the only other guy is is Luca. Yeah. Like I think Luke, part of the problem with Luca is the the Mavs management of their roster and team the last couple of years has been pretty well now it's it's pretty distasteful where, <laughs> like, where like the thing is lebron was so good when he was so young is that lucas stats are even better but now the the urgency for him to have a title ready yeah. roster is when, way before lebron was ever expected to even win a ring i mean he got there by chance in 07 on a crazy run but no one expected him to be there now year what is it year for luca nine and, yeah, or, yeah, like six, or at six least seven, six, seven, seven, I mean, what, something like that. It's it, something like that. And now people uh, are like, all right, when's he going to win? When's he going to like, when is he going to get to the finals? And it's just a crazy expectation that a lot of guys have. And 
Jason Tatum is another one who, uh, at this point, is kind of a lock for first-team All-NBA for at least five years. Uh, yeah, he's gotten injuries. to that. I had a note. He's, gotten to, he's gotten to that. He's in that tier. He's in, and he and it's like, every it's because it's now it's it used to be with him it was like eighty percent of the time. Now it's damn near every, every single night, night you're getting it and it's it's tough. And that's right? the thing that which will separates the good players from what we actually call great players is that it's not you know a when we're on TNT or yeah. ESPN. It's when it's on NBA TV and it's Monday and January. The consistent, and efficient, 25 to 30, yeah. and it's efficient yeah. all the time. And I'm also grabbing eight rebounds and throwing right. four dimes, and yeah. I guard my guy well enough. And like, all these numbers, and it's not even a surprise anymore. You kind of just come to expect it. And any given month, I mean, he's NBA Player of the Month. He could, he could be the best player in the league for however long of a stretch. And then you look, too, like, it's like his numbers might drop. Maybe a skosh this year just because of the, mm-hmm. the team situation they have, but it's like you watch the game. It's it's want. it's clear. You think you get a taste of the NBA Finals for real, like he did, and even having a lead on the Warriors like they did. Yeah, they should. They, he, I'm sure he's going to look get that, that experience, he, that, and you're like, you know what, this individual stuff is cool, but you know, you being that close to winning a title, you're two wins dude, away. They've from got a title. some, and yeah. they've gotten a taste, a yeah. lot of taste in the yeah. playoff. Like they know it. After you have that a couple of times, if you're right. if you're a big time player, that's what yeah. And like. ever since his rookie year, he's been he's played at the highest level possibly could in the NBA, and that's only gonna continue. But as far as like career points and stuff like that, it's gonna be interesting to see when you know, he gets into year fourteen, fifteen. Passing mellow, up, passing yeah, yeah. He's coming up on twenty five, thirty thousand points. It's like holy shit, guys. Yeah, dude, it's it is it is pretty sweet because he kind of came up when we were coming up. Like we play, he played up, we played Boston up. Yeah, since he, he was you know freaking not even five feet tall. Yeah, he busted yeah. us one time. We were in eighth grade, and they were in seventh mm-hmm. grade, and uh, our co- the high school coach gave us a bunch of shit for it. And then the other one of the dads was like, "Hey, man, That's, pretty sure yeah. that." And I was like, "Yeah, we all know who he is. Like, <laughs> you're the only guy that like, doesn't know who this. We guy know is who yet. just gave us thirty, man. He's <laughs> he's a seventh grader, but he's not. Like, yeah, it is you. it is sweet that he's pretty yeah. much hit." That. Like, a lot of ways, like, not, I mean, he's not LeBron, but, like, the sense where all this stuff was lined up for what LeBron was supposed to hit, and all this stuff was lined up for how Tatum's going to be. And he pretty much, besides winning the title, he's done it, and maybe, I guess, an MVP. He's done everything else. And he could, he could get an MVP in the next two, three years if, if, ever, if something falls right for him. Well, I it's think, tough, but. I think right now, with having a 300 player on his team, winning MVP and being a top standings, I don't know if that's going to go hand-in-hand for yeah. him. I think he's going to have to do like, it, obviously, it's not because of the playoffs, but he's going to have to average like 33 and probably like a double double. Uh, or have like some crazy something. defensive stats yeah. or something. Or yeah. they'd have to be so good where they lose less than like 20 games or they win 60 some odd games. Yeah, they win 65, 70 yeah. games, and he's like clearly the driver. Exactly. So, I mean, to kind of get back focused on our face of the league thing, um, obviously, Jokic would love to say that. That guy is a perfect representation. He of just the face Except, part is just not. Yeah, it's just and not he doesn't ever want to be him. And right, you can't ever give a uh, a spotlight to a guy like that that doesn't want it. Kawhi has clearly that all about basketball and everything else. You, know, you just have to guess about. But I don't really think the league is in trouble yeah, talent wise. But I do think that there will be a there will be a section of the NBA, the part of the NBA that's just going to die because LeBron James, just what he represents as basketball. It's just, you know, it's just going to feel different without him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's one, what he's been 
whatever it is. It's just going to be weird in that sense. And, you know, he wants to play with his son and now maybe even both of his sons now. And obviously that's a different conversation with Brownie and you know, how many years he'll have to be in college to you know, get that's draft. the thing with him. Like, well, I mean, I know he just came back, but from yeah. watching his other stuff and hearing people talk about him, it sounds like he would actually be like a really good three or four year college player. Right. And it's right. like, but that just the situation. It's being, like, and I think, and I think LeBron would let him do it. And that's like, the cool I, but thing it's, about it is like, like, I was like, I feel like that's what he needs to do. It I seems think he, like. If his popularity can shit by being play. at a major university where he's the guy and you know, he's got an NBA, he's got a top five pick on his team right now running point guard Isaiah College. Yeah, he's good. But. If Bronny can be there and you know rack up some wins and get a real fan base behind him, he's already got one. But yeah, say so he's got a built-in. As far in, as like, like college goes, you know, making that team relevant again. I mean, I think that would be a, a huge accomplishment in himself because he is only six four. I don't know how. I say shit. Maybe he grows grow. two or three inches. Who knows? Hopefully he, he could. Does. Maybe yeah. he does. But I doubt. Like you got to assume now. Not. But with like, nil money, you can he can max out a lot in college as far as brand deals and just what he brings to that university in general, he can max out so much college. Like, okay, yeah, go ahead and max out these two or three years and then come into the NBA at 21, maybe 22 years old. And he old. can shoot. Like, so, His like, jumper is... I mean, he's he physically like... He's clean jumper. Like, right, he has one of the better jumpers that I've seen from even as a kid when he was growing up. He is big. They're just straight switching. Like, all right, if there's very least that the kid can do is play defense hard. Bottom. So... And jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, is the which are all in, all skills people like. Yeah, like. exactly. Um, so let's we're you know we're forty five minutes in. Um, let's shine some light on some uh, rookies. Obviously, you mentioned Victor earlier, um, but he is averaging almost nineteen points a game, ten rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Field goal percentage at forty three. Yeah, it's not great. And honestly, I would expect that only because of the team that he's playing on. And it's funny to watch because at the beginning of the season when everybody wanted to play, it was really funny to see that his teammates would almost look him off sometimes because he, it's like everybody just wanted to see him shoot. But at the same time, his teammates were like, no, I'm definitely not passing him the ball this time down the court. And so I think he suffers a lot of times from having to take some shots that he doesn't want to take because simply... Well, and they're not very talented either. At they're all. Not, like, there's nobody on their yeah. team that anyone's focusing on but him. Mm-hmm. And you look to, I think he's taken like, five threes a game and he's only making like he's it's like 25 percent. so that's dragging his that's dragging his dragging down percentage down to a bit and the other thing is too dude like i was watching they're they're like playing sohan at point guard and stuff like they're not i've never understood that i never thought that that was a real thing when i first would watch that in the first couple games i'm like okay he's out here doing this because i just turned on the game this second quarter was the third quarter but then I'm watching games, and he's starting out, and he's really on the ball running. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, the they, one, like, and I'm he's like, running it. There's no way Greg Popovich thinks that this is. Like, I guess they're just like, to, they just thought maybe that's a thing he could do, and they're like, well, we're going to suck, and we want to lose, so let's he's lose. He's waiting me. for some pure floor general point guard to come in there. Um, I don't know what I, he's like, waiting on, but I don't, as I've far always as, thought, too, dude, like, when you have these guys like Wenbanyama, why wouldn't you get him, like, something? Like, not, I mean, not Fred Van Vliet, obviously, but. Someone like of that ill, where it's like, hey, it's a guy who's been here, can score a little bit, knows how to play point guard, like, and this can run guy the show. knows how to get you the ball in spots. He can help you, yeah, because it's like, yeah. we want, like, I mean, obviously, when Benyama is the guy there and everything, but it's like, you want him to have success and, like, learn how to play good success. It's like some of that stuff with the, with the Sixers, like, whole process thing. Right. It was like, it actually did, from the pick standpoint and everything, it technically it worked and all that, but it's like, there also is something to be said for just being, like, 
incredibly mediocre for two or three straight years and not having any winning play. It's like, if you don't have anyone on your team to look up to, to figure, like, hey, here's a guy that's been in the league for five or six years and, like, wants to. At some point, nobody's learning that. And you, right. have, you have ten guys that have been in the league for three years, and it's like, okay, we're b- building a lot of bad habits, and now right. we're going to try to compete in two years. It's like, right. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, so the next rookie we'll get to is in the polar opposite situation and um, is in the best situation a rookie could possibly be, and it's Ted Holmgren. Averaging 17, uh, almost eight, eight rebounds a game, two and a half blocks a game, shooting 52%. I mean, you couldn't really ask for anything better as far as coming into a rookie which they go just got Dylan. You have just so many weapons on that offense, and they're they're a young team, and they're you know a couple of trades with all the picks and stuff they have away from really turning into something. And Chet is gonna be a mainstay. They make the roster. right they make the right trade or two, dude. It's, yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be, gonna, it's yeah. gonna be tough. It's yeah. gonna be tough for a lot of years, depending on how that get like. Because Chet too, dude. He like he plays pretty ang like. He's a good he's a good rim protector and he's getting dunked on, but he's getting he his plays with plenty. a different he plays a different swagger that I think a lot of people didn't really expect. He doesn't look like you would yeah. necessarily have, but he like but then you watch him and he he's fully slight, does. but he he will like bang down low or he will get physical. He will like play with a lot of he plays with a different flair that's kind of just his own unique style. And I think what also helps is that he isn't asked to be Victor Romaniano for the Spurs. He can just be Chet Holmgren, who third option on some nights and just be asked to protect the rim. He's shooting the ball really well. I knew he was going to do that at the NBA level, but being in, at the, in the Thunder organization, I mean, all they do is develop guys. Mm-hmm. All they do is just collect picks and develop. Well, then, and then, like we were saying, it's like you go from, okay, Wemby's playing with Sohan or whoever, and he's mm-hmm. play, you're playing with SGA. Right. Who's like who's someone who's gonna be right. vying for? He's probably not gonna get it. But he's good. He's gonna feel like he should get a first team yeah. All NBA slot. So like that's pretty nice. And that guy you're booking Shay in for almost thirty a night at this point. And yeah, you want to talk about a guy that gets you the ball where you want the ball? Like, exactly for sure. Exactly. Um, the Thompson twins. I could go on and on about how much I would have doubted how successful they would be in the NBA. They, yeah. Justin really just watching the OT stuff. I never really understood it. When I would watch it, I was just like, I don't know how it translates, but I mean, even watching Summer League, it was almost like, oh my God, like these guys are perfect for the new style of NBA. The perfect build, both 6'6", long arms, jump. Um, Pretty Asir, sturdy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Assert right. Thompson, uh, uh, the Pistons, is having a better year so far while Amin is, uh, has been banged up. But he's averaging 10 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and almost you know, one and a half blocks a game. He's just an incredible athlete, and watching players like that who are incredible athletes but also have a high IQ, seeing them being able to put, put it together in real time, just, just so fascinating. Dude, athletic, high IQ, high motor is like, yes, mm-hmm. you, you're going you're right. to get run. It's going to work. We'll figure your shot out. Right. Those are the guys that's yeah. like, we'll, we'll take a flyer to you, figure your shot. It's like, rebounding mm-hmm. a defense, dude, that gets you on the floor no matter what. Like, in, that watch, shit works. in watching these these two kids just kind of carry themselves whether they do, if I'd have seen gotten a glimpse of how they carried themselves and how they it, and how they work and just more of a background info on what they were saying, I probably wouldn't have doubted it as much as I would have. Obviously, the jump shooting thing for me is always going to be a thing. I think if you can't shoot jump shots consistent, not even consistently, but you can't really even make them to the point where defense has respect respect it. You're really not going to see yourself on the floor when it matters and. That's how we judge players now. And if you're going to be a top five pick, that's what it's going to be. And if they, when they do figure that out, 
because they do they do work hard and they do have a high work ethic, it'll come around. But as far as just Swiss Army knives and just tool players that you can place forever. Yeah, they both look good. It's dude. a dream. It's it's a dream for a coach to have, honestly. And as a teammate, these are guys who aren't expecting to shoot, you know, 10, 15 shots a game. They're gonna move the ball, they're gonna play hard on defense, and they're gonna make you play harder. So regardless if you feel like going hundred percent on a Tuesday night, these guys you know, or you're going to look bad. Yeah, that's, you're going to look that's bad. That's the options. Yeah, these guys, that's how hard they play, is that it's so efficient, they play so hard, that they will make you look bad for not playing as hard as you really think you are. So it's really funny. Um, I got two more rookies for you. Um, I don't know if you wanted to shout anybody out, but Derek Lively really quick, almost 10 points a game, eight rebounds. I just like, you know, 74%. I just like a guy like that for Luka that can – Play well in the pick and roll that understands how to catch lobs. Taylor understands. made for him, dude. It's just yeah. Luka needs a guy like that. And he kind of looks like Tyson Chandler back in his prime when he was catching lobs for Jason Kidd and playing alongside Dirk Vinsky. But, you know, just a quick shout-out to him. Um, one of those guys, again, I didn't really know who, how he was going to project in the NBA, but it looks like he, he gets it and he understands how to play already. Um, the last one, Jaime Jaquez from the Heat. 12 a game, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, shooting 52%. Guys who come into the league like that who are mature and had the experience, game experience that he's had, it was only right for him, one, to get drafted to the Heat, but two, that he's playing well and exceeding expectations. exactly what everybody thought it was going to be, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you watch, it's funny, I was talking to uh, Croak about this, like the whole, this whole like, in the 12 to 25 range of the draft, that's where these teams that end up flipping the rebuild quick or don't have to rebuild. It's like, you got to hit those. And a lot of times it's hitting like the 22 year old dude who just led his team for like two, three years, but is also aware that, Hey, to get in the NBA, I'm probably going to be a role guy, but I have these other skills that I can do some of the time, but I'm willing to do this. Like I know how to play good ball. I think that self-awareness is what, and they're older, guy, so they're more yeah, mature. The like, self-awareness is what probably has him playing an extra seven to eight minutes a game versus a guy who has been in the league a couple of years who wants to be a certain type of way. And that's the maturity that you need for winning, for winning championships. That's why the Heat stay in the mix and stay relevant because they find guys like that who are willing to not only accept their role but exceed any type of expectation. And with the Heat losing Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, that's pretty much, I mean, a it's guy like a that you play, yeah. needed. You needed a guy like him to come in. So while he might have gotten drafted right in the middle of the draft, he probably could have gone a little bit higher. But he's the perfect player for the Heat, and they needed him to come and play right away. Yeah, well, and that's like the thing with the Heat, too. You can tell, like them and some of these other teams, you can tell when they're look. they always get these same kind of guys. So it's like, yeah, they haven't established, like, we're looking for this, this, and this. And if these guys check these boxes, we don't care if he's 23 and coming out of college. We're going to take him right. anyway. Like, the teams that do that have a lot better success than the teams that are just like, well, he looks really talented. We'll take a flyer on him. Right. Um, so kind of just to get to the end of uh, this episode and we could talk about just some random NBA stuff. Um, Detroit Pistons are on a historical mm. losing run right now. Um, didn't win a game at all in November, which is kind of crazy when you think you have a guy like Cade Cunningham on your team. And just, yeah, dude, I had t- tough Cade Cunningham take NBA, on Twitter at the beginning of the year now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just NBA teams, you get hot and you can make however many threes in the game. And sometimes you end up on the right side of things. But yeah, I mean, you go a whole month without losing. You do go down this roster. 
It's it's so, not. It's a little inexperienced and yeah. kind of dumpy. And Alec Burks is like you. Like yeah. you look at this team, and you're like, you gotta kind of lean See, on Alec Burks. Killian Hayes is someone <laughs> I didn't expect to be on this team still, and he's still he getting like, do, heavy like, minutes. Monty like we're paying yeah. Monty all this money, and he loves Killian Hayes. I would have. That would make me piss blood as the guy. Yeah, him. it's like, like well, this is the mind that we have behind our team. Like, oh, this is. Like, I mean, you get a coach who just coached the Suns, and they have the success feel, that they did. It's kind of just you can't just take a coach and you, talent in the NBA. It has to be acquired. It's not going to be coached within the, the team. There's no coach that's going to come in. Well, that's make like, guys a, like ten points per game better. It's like I like their bigs. Like I like I like Stewart and like mm-hmm. Duran and even I honestly even Wiseman. He's I like him a lot. Too. Yeah, the Duran Duran. Yeah. Which, but uh, yeah. like I like them. But the guy like Ivy. Killian Hayes. Yeah. Uh, These are guys that you drafted really high. And they're supposed to be questionable. These are very questionable picks when they took them. And it's like, for you to come out of that and then draft Kate Cunningham, it's like. Especially the Hayes one. The the Ivy one was pretty, was fairly. I I might not have taken him, but it was was an acceptable pick at the spot. But the Hayes one was a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm I'm looking at the roster, dude. You're like, yeah, you might not win a game for. That's tough. So, yeah, I, don't, not bad, I mean, I don't imagine the, the Pistons, I mean, hopefully the lottery. Hopefully they win 10 games. I mean, are, we, are we in that territory with them? I think, I think. Right, you pick up, you pick up three or what, you pick up three or four a year, just like you're getting those because shit happened, like hit 23, like picking up three or four and they've got two and they're yeah. what, they're two and, I, I don't know, man, I, they could win, they could win like eight or nine, they're two and 21. They could easily win seven or eight games, dude. I, I like. I mean, Leeds of Wizards point, have some guys that can fill it up, right? Like they, I, I don't know. It's man. not. A, and those are the things, though. You get a team uh, like that that's losing, and who knows? And they don't care at, at all. Like, yeah, and they're gonna get another lottery pick, and they're probably gonna waste it on somebody who they're not gonna go all in for, and they're gonna have to make a trade to cover their asses again, and it's just gonna be the same. Yeah, it's like what, what kind of development are we getting at no, two and twenty one? No, like no, I mean, you, I've watched like. I'll, Pieces of their games. The, how do you go on the road and play three road games in a row, and you're two and twenty-one, and then you just get your ass kicked? Like some of the guys come like, back home, and the fans are there's like a halfway empty arena. Just, it's like hard ones. Like it's like yeah, you got to play hard every night. It's like I don't know, man. Forty games into that season, I don't know who's playing hard. Yeah, like how? Fact. Like so off the Pistons, I think they're over under at this point for wins probably is like thirteen or fourteen, which is insane. I, I would think, under that. I would. I I'd probably go that. under that even. I would say probably around eleven or twelve. That'd be historic. Historic. I don't even say tank at that. Point. They really might. Well, it's like, what if they trade Bogdanovich? He's got a <laughs> he's like, not, dude, that's a personal. Just I mean, like I know he's getting a nice him. paycheck, whatever. But I mean, he's, he's a good player, dude. Like he's, he's like a, one of those he guys. Deserves to be on a. Tank. You have these guys on these teams like. Can we like do like an MK amnesty and just pull like yeah. can Adam Silver just take him off and like just play some we auction player. him off do you for do draft one of those picks? Two K trades where you just swap players doesn't matter about the salary. Yeah, it's just like get here. Him out of there. Like so, um, what I mentioned to you before the show was about the Clippers and how they will be playing twenty three straight games and they've played in four back to back Do you think that because of the sixty five game rule with these awards affecting them actually stepping onto the court, or do you? Think that these guys are just finally healthy. I maybe a little bit of it's a sixty-five, especially maybe I'd say more for Paul than yeah. Kawhi because I don't think Kawhi really gives. Like Kawhi seems to me that he's pretty set with his like how everything is like he could care less about his legacy. Paul right. George and honestly, rightfully so because Paul George can get a few more first te- like second or second or third team right. All NBAs. That does when you go back and look and it's like oh you got two like it's a pretty nice ad so maybe a little bit but honestly 
I know I kind of thought the sixty-five games was a little ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, fifty-five or sixty would because it's like hey, if you don't pay that many, fine. But I think it's more of just for them. It's like okay, at some point we gotta put rubber, rubber to the road. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe they are just healthy too. I don't, it's hard to say, dude. When these guys just like. Or and Kawhi's like has this degenerative knee thing or whatever. It's like, what do you? I don't know what to say. What Maybe his knee's just yeah. good. I don't know. Right. Like, who knows? It's so... spurts. Like last year, he had forty-five against the Suns, and then he was out the rest of the series. Dude, like, he looked awesome. Yeah, happen, it's like okay. If that's what's gonna happen, then I mean, if that's what you're trying to go against by sitting out these games, I understand. But and that's I don't believe either a hundred percent, dude. That just, like sitting out all these games is gonna make it more likely that you don't get hurt. I don't think that's ne- like necessarily true. It's like with pitching in baseball. I don't baseball, think so either, yeah. Like, the, one of the, like some of the older pitchers be like, well, the thing is, dude, if you're growing up pitching a bunch of innings, you're like, to an sure, extent, there's, there's to. definitely a point where you've gone too far, but mm-hmm. you also have to be used to the, get used to it. I mean, you well, don't That's what I say about, um, that's a good point you bring up, because that's what I say about a lot of... Because in the playoffs, you've got to play that's every couple nights, dude. That's what I think about a lot dude, of it's, European guys that come over to the NBA is that, I would say a lot of them are tall, so naturally getting hurt like it's going to happen because you're seven or whatever. But these guys overseas, they don't work out five times a week. They don't work out twice in a day. These guys work out two, three times a week. They have their own regimen. They're not in there and just doing a sophisticated workout all the time and putting all this added muscles they've never played with. And that's the same thing, like you say, I think when guys set out games, you're just building rust. You're building and then anyone the that's missed a, anyone that's just, missed like even a you play you're playing regularly three like two three times a week whatever it is and then you stop for like a week or a couple mm-hmm. days and you go there's and you keep doing that over and over again throughout the course of the season that can't be right I get like avoiding back to backs and stuff that makes sense that makes sense but some right. of the others it's like you gotta play you gotta play dude I, mm-hmm. it also just comes down to that it's like you're getting paid forty million dollars show them right um. Next note I have written down, and I'm writing this, and I was kind of laughing to myself, but I saw a report that the Bulls are looking for win-now pieces for Zach Levine. And I'm just, like, rolling my eyes like that. Like, what the hell do you think you're getting back for Zach Levine as far as win-now pieces? Because Chicago's, there's nobody they could get that could be win-now. Like, I get that it's, like, them feeding media posturing or whatever bullshit, but it's, like, there also comes a point where I'm, like, everyone knows, like, what's the point of saying it if we all know it's a lie? Right. Like, yeah. Just don't just have them. I guess they're. I guess some of it too is they're just trying to drum up like. But I, I wouldn't touch them, dude. I wouldn't touch Levine if you were giving them to me and I had like dumpable salary. I would take them and maybe give you like a couple seconds. But mm-hmm. I don't unless I or like if I were Charlotte or somebody like that, I'd do it or like. But even if I were Orlando, I'm not bringing that. Yeah, in. See, his I'm not is, bringing that in, his dude. He's swirling around in a bunch of like championship contender pieces, and I'm like, I don't necessarily understand like, what. As what he's proven that he would be a missing piece. Of he loses a lot of team. games yeah. everywhere he goes. For the most part, he loses a lot of games, mm-hmm. and he shoots a lot. He is a good scorer. He shoots a right. lot. He wants the ball. I've never seen him play a ton off the ball, and he definitely wants no part say, of playing defense. As offensively, I don't think I've seen somebody score as effortlessly as I've he, seen. He's an amazing before. athlete, and it's amazing to watch him play. But at the same time. They're just like, empty stats on, you know, good would, stats, bad team guy. He Literally. would work for, like, okay, you put him on, the like, the Lakers thing. You put him on the Lakers, and he's playing D'Angelo Russell's role in, like, a super hyper way. Mm-hmm. That works. But, and also with LeBron and the hierarchy, you need to you'd have to go somewhere where the hierarchy is so established that it's like, hey, man, you're, like, 
even if he goes to Philly, he's going to want to be ahead of Maxi. And it's like, dude, right. you, yeah. are, you are not. Right. And it's not even a debate. It's, it's not, not a question. Point, you right. stand over there in the corner and shoot most of the game. And then when we, because it could be like, ideally, he'd run your bench units or something mm-hmm. like that. And that, right. would be, that would probably be pretty good. But I, then I, the yeah, problem is, right. is he happy at all being the third or fourth somebody guy? Somebody his start? age was 28, 29 years old, I think somebody like him is still like, all right, I'm going to be the one or at yeah. least the two on a championship team. And that championship, there's like, not that many championship teams as people would like to think. And just to throw somebody in there, that's well, going to take like a shot. My thing sometimes is people are like, oh, well, who's a better basketball but it's like well are we talking just like we're going out to the playground playing we're all playing one on one because right, yeah. sure yeah, yeah we can line it we'll up take pretty Levine easily over a lot we of can guys, pretty much right. just do the point score like uh-huh. you can all that's pretty close or whatever but exactly if we're talking about i'm trying to win a championship i got five or, i got eight guys I mean, you brought up a great name with tyrese maxi who we, i don't know why it took us this long to bring him up but he's been playing amazing and he stepped right into that second role dude um, it, like the harden was addition by subtraction mm-hmm. because it just said hey maxi yeah. you know how you could kind of drive on the weekends when your brother didn't have the car <laughs> now you got it all week and you're actually sick at this right like, yeah he's he's a fun he's a joy to watch and he plays at a speed he's apparently like an awesome dude yeah he, he always seems smiling and he just seems like a joy to be a teammate with and Guys like that are like cornerstone pieces for your team. Those are the guys that Joel and B wants to play with. Now you have your point guard. Now you have your real point yeah, like, guard. Now you need to go out and somehow finesse a wing out of it by offloading Tobias like Harris. Or something. something like that. You need one more piece to try to figure this thing out because. They, oh, they got a shot. Because yeah. you got to assume yeah. between like them, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Heat, whoever you want to call these core contenders, the Knicks, whoever you want to call these, one or two of those teams is dropping off just yeah. from injury every year. So you've got to. You're, I would say Philly has not as good of a shot as Boston, but as good of a shot as anybody else. Yeah. So that's true. Um, last point I want to hit on, uh, which is just interesting as we grew up, um, just watching basketball in the mid 2010s. Just the amazing run that the Warriors had with Steph uh, playing Draymond. We won't of- ever see that ever again. Three players that just mesh so beautifully that it also it and also- coincided with ha- yeah. like coincided and also kind of sparked and because it didn't create like this stuff was coming but they really the whole pace and space and the way the they three is the, bad, I, the they, way the three is seen honestly is the years the 2015 the 2014 and 15 and 2015 and 16 warriors teams they reached new basketball heights that we just hadn't seen in nba remember the whole team. like barkley you can't win shooting team like they, don't, shooting they teams don't win championships like that, that. yeah but, yeah absolutely and the Warriors are just... And, dude, they played, yeah. like, I mean, not, like, to that, you know, that Spurs, like, greatest game, like, the, that, it's mm-hmm. not like that, but they're all, like, when they were humming, especially when they had Livingston and Iguodala and all those guys, the, and Bogut, too. Bogut was awesome. They, made, they need a Bogut, like, that's honestly what they miss, is that bigger distributor Bogut type, because he was right. perfect for them, and, what, dude, the ball would just ping around, Steph's running well, around, Draymond screen. We like, talk about LeBron being the last iconic player the, the Warriors might be the last iconic team that comes into the NBA that casual fans outside of the NBA were tuning in to literally watch the Warriors. Yes, to watch that. And everybody knew. Eight yeah. threes a game, and they're going 73 and nine. But, I mean, the Warriors itself, they created a whole just, it was just, it feels like a whole new rhythm of just basketball that they created. And they won the championships to back it up. But as this run kind of just, I don't want to say it dwindles because they did get a championship in 2021. Oh, they're, they're cr- and so that, they uh, got a championship without KD. They did what they were supposed to do, but 
winning that Celtics pass. And I think game. it was for all it the was right a reasons. Lucky, but it, it was it's kind of deserved also. As we watched Draymond Green. Yeah, dude, they're oh, they're they're kind of the the walls are cracking though. That uh, yeah. the whole spat they had with uh, the Timberwolves the other night because they played the Timberwolves. Simmons was talking about this. They mm-hmm. played the Timberwolves back to back, and yeah. you could tell in the second one they were like, "Okay, we're gonna turn it up and like right. fuck these guys up." And the Timberwolves were like, no, "All right, no, no, dude, no. we don't give a fuck. Not, we don't fear you guys yeah. anymore." I think they're like, "We're in first place, and we know yeah. it." Like, and team, and then the Warriors are getting that like chippy like. Yeah, you're old. You kick your older brother's ass for the first time. For the first time, and now he's yeah, it's not. And now he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's telling no one's telling mom and dad anymore. Now it's like yeah, it's just now it's that weird energy. Yeah. And I think the the Draymond trying to choke, or he did choke. Uh, that Rico was Bear, dude, that I was that was just a good encapsulation of where uh, we're at right now. With the Timberwolves aren't the little brother anymore. I was the dude, Warriors are not the you know the big big dog of the league anymore. I was anymore. saying too uh, that was. It's tough to be in a situation with Diego Bear where publicly you make him look really good. Yeah. That guy hasn't had a good publicity. In the way he he was like, just yeah. standing there. Yeah. What's going on? Well, like, he said, he Draymond, said uh, dude, we knew Draymond one step yeah, gets ejected or doesn't play that, that Draymond doesn't want to play anymore. And it's yeah. hilarious that there's literally stats to dude, back like, it You up. get walked on by Rudy in the media. Like, the, the years he's had the last few years with all that stuff, like, that you did. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was really weird. weird. He got to a place for where, Draymond. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, he got to a place, and both those guys did kind of with Draymond's antics on the floor, and then Rudy Gobert for the Kobe stuff, whatever. They both went to these weird, like dark spaces like, dude, as an NBA fan. Like, yeah. what's going on? And I don't know Draymond's what his actions are about Shit. on the court. It's something deeper than you know this roster not being where it's supposed to be, and he doesn't like playing meaningless. Yeah, he doesn't like playing meaningless basketball games. I understand that, but. At some just, point, the push is going to come to shove, and it's either going to be somebody like Wiggins and Clay, or whether that's Draymond getting phased out of there and Clay starts dude, so new. That's, yeah, would they trade Clay? And, think, like, cause, I mean, they, if if you were looking at it from an objective standpoint, that is number one. If you're looking at it from an objective standpoint, I think Clay should have been traded before two, last two, year. Two, yeah, two ago. and so a guy like LeBron who gets a lot of flack for wanting to see his roster turnover the moment he knows that it's not going to work, I think Curry. He might have a, another championship yeah, well, to his belt if he really constructs the team how he sees fit and is not as nice. Yeah, and he's not this guy that's like, oh, I'll play with anybody. We'll win. I'll win with anybody. And I like that competitiveness yeah. because, you know, Steph is, to me, I mean, after LeBron, he's the next guy as far as basketball history goes. So, you know, as the years move on, or Steph is still going to get better. I mean, he's averaging. He's not doing well, anything he also, that. Uh, he he kind of bulked up the last, like, since he got, like, the last three, mm-hmm. four years, he's kind of bulked up. His finish, granted, against the, the problem with them against the Lakers, too, is AD eats him up he's around not, the rim. You're not finishing up. Well, and he does a lot of this, a lot of the more, you call it more fair, like, type, it's like, that stuff ain't working. Like, he's throwing up some of those floaters, that ain't working on he's AD. He's out of there, yeah. He's gotten True. a lot better of a physical finishing package around the rim than mm-hmm. he did four or five years that ago. That is a good point. And, like, Getting stronger as you get older, that's the only way you're going to be able to keep up with this young age going on. You see LeBron, he hasn't it's gotten any smaller since he got to L.A., and it's just a credit to him. I think Curry has taken that same approach where I'm just dedicate myself to this. It and helps with his defense, too. Makes yeah. it like it, it's the only way that anybody 6'2", 6'3", is going to be able to guard the league is some sort of strength and physicality. Yeah. And just it's like Kyle, the shit. Kyle Lowry. But, I mean, Kyle yeah. Lowry is really Really bottom heavy, but right. Well, that's like with Steph. I mean, because people used to talk to the lat. Like, it was always oh, attack. I mean, when the Cavs were beating them in the when they were they were 
taking turns on Kyrie right. and LeBron were taking turns on step. Teams don't really do that. It doesn't really happen that way anymore. Right. And good for him for, you know, acknowledging that in and to change that to when right. you're like late twenties, mid thirties to keep like that's how you know that's why those guys and, are right. that level and other people aren't. Mm-hmm. It's like those are the can, guys that we need to be calling great. Not you know, everybody yeah, these like good you, guys that we talk about is cool, but these are the real superstars to leave. Yeah, and you're aging, yeah. but you're not getting worse because you're just right. adding. Yeah. And you're also so smart. Like they, they get smarter, and then it's like, yeah, okay, I need Slows to add. I need to add this. So and and they're playing against guys who are so young, so inexperienced, and all of these teams now are kind of just like LeBron and Steph are championship players. You put them on the Pistons, and we're still thinking about them possibly mm-hmm. being title contenders. When you play against a whole bunch of teams that are just trying to figure that out, LeBron and Steph are looking at the league like, Nothing that you can put in front of us that we can't defeat. Well, that's what it's for them. It's like, just get to the playoffs. Yeah. Get to the playoffs yeah. healthy. And you, the they're playoffs, not, you're like, not going to beat me uh, four times in a week and a half or two weeks. It's just not going to happen. And we, they showed that last year. Obviously, the Warriors got swept by the Lakers. But, you know, Denver was just, they were just destined to win last year. And Den- well, dude, Denver no was amazing. Was stop and, that. Well, the thing was, it was a, it was a sweep. But there was four, it was four good games. Four great games. Like, four yeah. really good games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. Is there anything else you wanted to touch up on? Um, I was looking. No, I think that's pretty. That's probably a pretty good hour twelve in. I mean, yeah. I so say that's probably a pretty good run for us for the first one. I was trying to think. Uh, looking at my notes and seeing if I had anything, but it's honestly some of the pretty player specific. Yeah, so. just very detailed. I saw your notes were really detailed. Yeah, dude. I well, that's it. So then on the second one, I did. So I was like, this is probably too much. And then so I was just taking notes on my phone. Yeah. Just, but mm-hmm. I, I well, because I just see stuff and I'm like. That's like, what I type in. That's what sometimes I say. There's some like, dude, I had some of these. Like, I was just pulling, game, pulling. I did this one. This is a. I've taken some notes on games before, but it's usually just for just myself. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay, how much? So I was like, how much do I want to do? I was like, this might be too much. But like, I was mm-hmm. pulling. I would probably pull less plays, but there were three or four of these. I was like, yeah, was like, or every once in a while something would happen that was mm-hmm. like what I was thinking, and I was like, I should jot like. Right, just jot it down for later use. That's what sometimes I get in the habit of jot something down and then go back to. Oh, oh, I didn't write it out. Oh, you know what else I did want to talk about? We didn't. Yeah. We didn't t- I, I wanted to bag on uh on uh, Beasley a little bit. Really? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He. But, well, I'm just. Yeah. I don't. It's such. This is like, kind of the whole thing with the rookie coach. It's like, okay, you're telling us this is your three and D guy, and we've all yeah. seen this guy for years in his career. He's not yeah. a good defender. Don't tell. Just because you told him he's the guy. Now, he's a designated he's not, guy. Guess what? Right, he's getting yeah. blown yeah. by yeah. by yeah. all of these guys. Uh-huh. But I will, like, because the ideal, he's an interesting player to me because the ideal of him, like, what you, when they're like, oh, we're signing Michael Beasley, and you're like, not uh, Malik Beasley. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're signing Malik Beasley, and you're like, any team that signs him, you're like, nice, like, probably a good right. 3 and D player, decent can come and make some threes, pretty yeah. athletic, guard, like, a decent-sized guard. And then you watch him play, and like, like, yeah, the thought of it is a doesn't lot make as many actually. threes yeah. as I thought for a guy who mm-hmm. really doesn't guard, like, and you mm-hmm. watch them, and my yeah. thing, too, is with guys, I hate when you watch them on defense, and it's just a pure effort, you're like, Dude, you just weren't paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, in at all right now. I can do that. Right. I could have been standing. You, just, like, you weren't even right. in the right spot. Like, it's all you had to do. Right. And it's, then they're telling yeah. me that he's their defensive stopper. And I'm like, like, well, yeah, you got guys like Giannis on your team. And then you got Dame. And yeah, Dame ain't guarding anybody. He's not guarding anybody. Big Dame guy. He ain't guarding so, anybody. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I love Dame, but that ain't, that ain't going to happen. We're going to put him in the same role as in Portland. And he's just going to score and he's going to try to hide him. Yeah, and they're not willing Probably don't need to put them, but the only other thing I was the one thing I do love about the Bucks though, they do all these quick hitter like semi transition transition ball screens where Lopez will kind of run down and then just turn back and he gets them like 
out at like the very edge of Dame's three point, like probably halfway between half court and the three, and he gets him there. And it's usually like after an like after a defensive rebound where they're kind of everybody in. Yeah. All of a sudden, Dame's just pulling a three, or he's going, or, or they do it for Giannis too in the yeah. right at the rim. Because those, then with Lopez, dude, where Lopez can either roll or pop, and you kind of have to like, you don't know he's picking. It's pretty. Right. There to, they've got stuff, that, and they've won a lot of games. Like, that's one thing with the Bucks. I do want to say they've won a lot of games, and they haven't looked good in like any of them. Right. Yeah. So that part is, and it's part of that's Giannis. Part of that's yeah. Giannis. Yeah. And also these games, Dame's going to have 30, 40, and a decent amount of games that you're going to win. Exactly. But they, if they could get Middleton back. And figure, bring in somebody to figure out, and honestly, probably they're probably gonna switch. I think, yeah, it's but if, if they can do that, because uh, Giannis already seems like he's out on. Like, did you hear the uh, in the Simmons pod when they were talking about the Pacers game that they'd call the timeouts and Giannis would sit on the scores table and he wouldn't yeah, go he over to the huddle. Go to the huddle. I thought that was really that's odd. Like, like that's something weird that that's like something that's weird that we can't pick up on TV because they go to commercial. But that's why I like seeing that live. Would yeah, would have been super really weird, weird, especially if you were at well, the Well, like game, his brother like, would go over and talk to him. Yeah, and he like, wouldn't like. Right, it's like, it's like that means you're out on the coach, and the coach is apparently your guy. Yeah. From whatever, I don't know if that's true, but that's what everyone said. Well, you signed if, the extension, and you said that you're here. I don't, I don't know. That extension to me didn't necessarily seem like a. Well, promise. he's really not locked in as much. Yeah. as I didn't think it's only like two or three years. Like this Dame thing, I think it was cool when it first happened, but I think he's taking it more of just like an experiment. Like, okay, like this is what'll happen if I'm somewhere where I don't necessarily want to be, but if I get the help that I think I need, we can try it out. And if it doesn't work, it's like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere where I want to be and the help is already going to be there. And that'll just be the next phase of what I enter in my career. Yeah. And I will say too with them too, like there is, everybody wants it. There is something to be said for, hey, they probably need to play 40, 50 games together to really right. even begin to get comfortable. Like, it exactly. is, it's for it both of them. They've long. both been, I mean, Dame had LMA when he came in, but he was, uh, he was the draft pick. He was, it was pretty clear that they were going to hand the keys to him in a couple of years. And, and the then expectations weren't. Yeah. He had McCollum with him, but McCollum was always his two. And then Giannis has been the guy in Milwaukee the whole time. So it is, like, that is a pretty big shot. And yeah, it's got to be. For someone who. Someone and Dame, I'm sure Dame was the best player on his shots. high school team, yeah. and he was on his college team. So exactly. Well, anybody else can come in. And Anyone with that much usage. It's just and you weird. you can come in and take more shots than you, and you can't really say nothing about it. That's it's the like, thing, yeah. too. Like, they have high usage, him. and you can't be like, hey, yeah, man, why the what, fuck you just... This is why we got him, yeah. yeah. Exactly why we he got him. He bricks three, and you can't say anything. Like, right, exactly. And you were open. That's Because that's yeah. when it becomes a problem. It's like, he bricks three, and you're open on two of them, and you're like, <laughs> yo, what right. the fuck? Like, right, exactly. But yeah, no, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty good, unless you got something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrapping this episode up, my guy Spencer coming in. I really appreciate you coming in. This was a great conversation. Um, feels good to be back on the pod. Feels good to be talking to somebody in person, uh, getting these NBA thoughts off. Hopefully we can do this again. Um, we can check back in. Uh, after you know, after the calendar year flips, uh, do another episode and see where teams are going in. Maybe fifteen, twenty games later. But uh, I really appreciate you coming, man. This is great. Yeah, definitely, dude. Appreciate yeah. you having me. Love to do. We definitely, definitely do it again yeah. after the holiday for sure. Uh, so thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know where to find us. Um, this video also will be uploaded on YouTube. Uh, run the numbers up, obviously, on that. Appreciate everybody for watching and listening. Pop with the playbook. Boy, Cam.